So I spoke to Lucas this morning just about something. We, who's been coming, who came Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday last week? Put your hand up. Okay, for those that don't know, we've been getting together, asking questions, sharing things on art. And so I've had this thing about change on, on my art for, um, in those three days. So I spoke to Lucas and it's really a, it's a short thing. So I thought we were all going to share, but Lucas said, okay, share it. Um, just quickly, I want to welcome all the, um, the family, the guy, these guys getting baptized today after church. So if, if you guys want to be part of that, want to just encourage, you can go straight through your par in the parking lot. There's a pool there, and we'll be doing baptisms there. Just look where you see people gathered around. Just go there. I just want to welcome all the family members of the guys getting baptized, the, guy, the guys that are here just to support. I just want to say welcome, make yourself at home. And yeah, it's an exciting day. So I quickly just want to share on baptism. I did get uh, this morning, some of the guys came to my house, and we sh I shared with them on baptism. But the baptism today, um, if you saved this morning, if you belong to the Lord, it's open to everyone that he saved. And I know when I got, sa um, got saved, I didn't just get baptized. I was like, I was a very difficult customer. I was at, I, I need to find it, I need to see it in the Word. So I remember um, I got saved, and people were telling me, you need to get baptized, and I said, I am baptized, because I was, grew up Catholic, I had a baptism certificate from when I was a baby, and I remember when I was about four or five, I saw that certificate, and I was like, in my mind at that age, I was like, sure, they got the admin office in heaven. They are like, put, oh, they are like just sending down these certificates. And so I was like, but I am baptized. And then I, the guys would say, no, 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 but baptism comes from the word, baptizo, submerge, you must go under and not sprinkle. And I was like, mm, tomato, tomato, it's, it's kind of the same thing to me. And then I started reading the word, and as I started reading the word, um, the thing that stuck out for me was, firstly, that Jesus got baptized. And that the father said, this is my son who I love, and with who I'm well pleased. And I was like, yo, the Lord is pleased. The father is pleased with us when you get baptized. And I was like, I got my certificate. And then I kept on reading, and I started reading about John the Baptist. And, but he started speaking about the baptism of repentance. Like, repent and get baptized. He started speaking about the fruit of repentance. Are you producing fruit of repentance? And he used some harsh words. To the, to the Pharisees and the, yeah. So I'm reading this and now I'm starting to wobble because it has to be out of a place of repentance. And I was a baby and I can't remember repenting. So now the certificate is looking a bit wobbly. So I'm like, shh. And then I was, as I kept on reading, then you read about what baptism is about. And you read in Romans how, how Paul says, really, uh, what shall we do? Shall we just keep on sinning? Because there's grace for it. He says, surely not. And he speaks about this, this burial service, this, that as we died with Christ, as we died with him, we bury our sin. And we find freedom. And those that have died are surely have risen with him also. This is the resurrection that we experience in God. There's this new life we experience. We bury the old. We are free from sin. There's freedom that comes for those that have called on Him. 
And I'm saying, oh, there's this burial thing, and now I'm starting to understand baptizo, and that's why we be submerged. We go under, because when you bury someone, you go completely under. You want, I want to bury that old man. I don't want to sprinkle him. I want him under. And today, as we, the guys get baptized, it's really a day. It's really symbolic of believing in the Lord. So if you're saved here this morning, what is the requirement for baptism? To be saved. And to really be saved means you've got to repent of heart. Every single one of us here should have a repent of heart. Our posture is, there's a king, there's a new king in our lives. And we come before him surrendered and say, Lord, these things, that whatever is not of you, Lord, help me. Because I don't want to live and walk in those things. And really, for everyone getting baptized today, it's really that thing of declaration of, Lord, I'm bearing the old today. Because I want to walk in the freedom that you brought. Okay, so if there's anyone here, you might have a certificate. You might not be sure. You know, I, I actually didn't repent. When, there was no heart of repentance when I got baptized. Whatever it is. And so we're going to find the truth of the Lord, and that is what I was looking for. And then I got baptized. And it was an incredible day. My mom and my brother got saved on the day I got baptized. So I'm going to say, and if you're not saved this morning, I'm going to ask you just posture yourself, Lord, I want to hear you. Lord, come and speak to me. It's not by coincidence you hear. And if you get saved today, there's still an opportunity to get baptized. Because salvation comes out of repentance. Okay. So, Lucas, do you feel any prophetic to sing? Must I sing? Or are you feeling any? <laughs> Nothing for me? You okay? Uh, uh. Uh, okay. I thought it was my shot to let loose, but okay, no, not today. Lucas is feeling grace for the congregation. So, when Lucas asked us, um, just to think about, like, what can we share with the congregation on those three days? And when I was praying and asking the Lord, what is, like, a key thing? So when I came to Josh, and I remembered one of the things that stuck out for me, one of the truths of the kingdom, was change. I remember coming to this church, and then every second week, people's being prayed out, people's going to other places. I'm like, well, why are they leaving the church? But they were being sent to other parts of the body. And then there was this continuous congregation. This congregation is, I mean, um, community is not here because they gone to bless another congregation. There was this constant change. There was this constant flow, the life of God. And I remember when I came here, and I shared this many times, that when I first came here for my first two years, I was like, but why is there so much change? I just want a comfortable place, a respectable church, where I can just come to the service and go home and relax. I just can I worship, can I hear a word, and can I go home? But the Lord had to break that in me because that was not truth. And for every single one of us, when the truth of the Lord comes, when the Spirit of God comes, there is a breaking of what we hold to in the flesh. And I think for everyone here, if you're going to walk with the Lord, your posture, your heart needs to be, Lord, what are you doing? What are you changing in me today? So faith, I know that you are the senior AV person. You are the most experienced. You are the leader of the AV people. So I know you can bob and weave. You've got no prep. So you know the scripture, um, the, the Lord is doing a new thing. In, um, in Isaiah 40-something. 
Yeah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. If you can Google that, keep your phone on Google on the side. And if you find it, if you can put it up for me. So I'll talk to it so long. So that uh, scripture, the Lord is speaking to the people of Israel. And he's saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And he really speaks about the dry places and the dead things and the, oh, there's a, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wastelands. And that is how God, when the Lord spoke this to Isaiah, Israel was in a mess. Israel was in decline. Israel was split up into two nations. And on both sides, the kings were messing up generation after generation. And there were people that were far from God. And the Lord is saying, I am doing a new thing. And he goes on to say, but will my people hear me? See, the Lord is doing a new thing. But the question to us is, do you perceive it? Faith, if you can leave that up for me, please. Do you perceive it? So our part is, Lord, we want to hear what you're doing. So the Lord declares, I am doing a new thing. But can you see it? Can you perceive it? Can you hear what I'm doing? Have you got eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive? what the Spirit of God is doing. And I think for each and every one of us, there's this context. the Lord can be doing stuff in the congregation, in the church, in Josh Jen, in 412. But I think the, the Lord is much more interested in what new thing He's doing in you. Because the Word says the Lord is continuously working in us. And we need to figure out here what the Lord is doing in us. So the truth of the Word is that the Lord is doing a new thing, He's working in us, but do we perceive it? And the Lord is not only doing a new thing, He's doing a new thing in the dry places, in the wastelands, in the dead places in our hearts, in the places that has not belonged to Him. You know, it's a wasteland and a dead thing to the Lord. Everything in us, where the flesh is king, where the world rules, everything that is not surrendered to Him is where He comes and starts tweaking and working. And so the Lord is working, but... Can we see it? And we need to become very, not comfortable, expectant that the Lord is doing something in us. If we're sitting here this, this morning and we're like, you know, I've had a good five years and the Lord has done nothing in me. I've been, he sorted out my problems. I would say that you've got the problem. You're in a dangerous place. Because for every single one of us, there's this constant flow. The life of God comes and works in us. Because if he isn't, it's almost like, there's something stagnant there. We found comfort. Because the Lord continuously calls us out. You know, to Abraham, or Abraham, when he speaks to Abraham, he says, get up, leave your family, your friends, your father's house, and go to a place I will show you. And what he's telling him is, get out of the known, the comfort, what you like, to the unknown. Because that unknown is going to take faith. It's going to take trusting in me. And he doesn't even tell him where, what, how. He just tells him, come. And the only thing he does know is the Lord will be with me. And often when the Lord calls us to something, all we know is, all we got to hold on to is, Lord, you are with me. And it needs to be this constant thing. If, we, if we've settled in a place, and we're just there, and we just settle there, it's a dangerous place to be, and we will, and we will lose the life of God. Because where the Lord is, there's a move of His Spirit. Okay, so it's not about 
Because often our prayers are, Lord, please, I hear you doing a new thing. Do it in my wife. Sort. Lord, do it in my boss. That. Lord, do it in my kids. Lord, do it in the elders. Lord, do it in whatever. Can I say this word, when the Lord speaks, He speaks to us first. No, but what about? Well, that's the Lord. That's for the Lord to do. Our posture must be, Lord, what are you telling? What new thing are you doing in me? Okay. And I think the dangerous thing about comfort is that we'll find that we'll lose the life of God and we will not mature. Chief, so Chief spoke about grades and standards. So Chief, I figured out the standard, moved from standards to grades a few years ago when my kids were small, many years ago. And an example of that would be, so let's say you're doing school. So school should be, if you pass all years, 12 years. Right? You're doing grade 1 to grade 12. Now, what happens if you decide, you know what, I'm staying in grade one every year. I'm going to do grade one the first year, yes, that was liquor. I'm going to do grade one the second year, the fifth year, the tenth year, the twelfth year. Imagine at the end of the twelve years, you're in grade one, and you are like, I am destroying this grade ones. I am number one. Like this other guy's got no chance here. I'm the O. And I am killing it. And you're like, this is so easy. I'm an expert. Have you ever got in your heart? Have you ever been in a place where you're sitting in church or wherever and you're like, and someone's sharing something or a word and you're like, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, done grade one. I would say if you're feeling like that, it's like, I think you've been stuck in a place for too long. It's not I've been there. It's like, sure, I shouldn't be here. I should be in a new place where the Lord is doing something new where I don't have the t-shirt. And I'm going to ask that often in the church context, in the things of God, we want to find a comfortable grade. Whether it's grade one, grade two, grade, we want to find a comfortable place. We're like, sure, it's so nice here. I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to repeat this. Any, uh, year, anyone repeating a year here, has, in their walk, has repeated a year. I have. I have there's been times I have repeated things. I know that I haven't moved forward in God because I wanted to do it my way or I found come or I was like, oh, I've had enough for this year. I'm kind of, okay, Lord, you need to... Um, Speak to me, so I'll stay here for five years. We don't want to be those that repeat years. We want to be those that find the life of God daily. Because that's the only way we're going to grow, mature, be tested, be stretched. Can I say God's people are those that want to hear what His Spirit is doing and walk in faith. We don't want to be those that find comfort. Because when you find comfort, you can do that in the flesh. When you find comfort in what you're happy with in the knowing, I have kind of figured this out. I've got the t-shirt. Then you're walking in the flesh because the Spirit of God draws us out to where we are like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on, but I know you're calling me. You're calling me to a land that you have not shared in. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to see what should I share still? So we see this posture of comfort throughout the world. Right? So when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they went to the wilderness, they cried out to Moses, why has the Lord done this? Why has he called us to this place? Why has he brought us here? Because they wanted comfort. Can I say comfort is not always easy? Comfort is the known. 
So they were slaves in Egypt, but they were like, why can't we be, be slaves in Egypt? Because we knew how it worked there. Now we're in this wilderness. We didn't know when we're going to eat, what we're going to do. And the Lord started being their provider. The Lord started blessing them. And what started happening was, slowly but surely, the wilderness became their comfort. Then when they had to go into the promised land, they didn't realize this is just a stopover from where the Lord is calling us to. So when they, the time was to go into the promised land and the 12 uh, leaders or spies went in, 10 came back and said, sure, that's the unknown. Sure, that's, there's giants in the land. There's high walls. We don't even know what we're going to face there. The wilderness isn't so bad. Two said no. Two were filled with faith, full of the Spirit, and said, our God is bigger, our God is greater. But then said, I choose comfort. Can I say for us, we want to be those people that is, Lord, will you call us to something? There can be giants in the land. We, there can be high walls. But Lord, we, in faith, we know we can't do it, but we know you can. Lord, I can't see it, but by faith, I know you're going to do it. Like the Lord's not going to call us to stuff we can do on our own. There must be something in us like, sure, I don't, yeah, I'm uncomfortable, but Lord, I need you in this. If we're doing stuff that we like, because often we weigh up things. When we call to something, we weigh it up and we land on a place where it's like, ah, I can kind of do this, I'll do it. I can't quite see it logically, I can't, and we don't do it. And that is not faith. Faith is the opposite of that. Faith is, Lord, I want to hear you, and if I hear you, I know you go before me, and that's all I need. Right? And there's this constant thing in the world where people, the people of God is looking for comfort. The one time in the world where, um, where the people were complaining. Lord, why have you, uh, to Moses actually, why have you taken us out of Egypt? We had food, we had da, 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 da. And then the Lord got angry and then snakes were set amongst the people. I think it's in um, Numbers, Numbers 21. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, but, but we don't have to put it up. So in Numbers 21, um, it speaks about the serpents, the snakes that were set amongst the people and it started poking the people and the people started dying. And then they went to Moses and said, sorry, we have sinned before you and we have sinned before the Lord and please help us. And the Lord said, okay. He told Moses, build a snake on a pole and he wrecked it. And he built a, a bronze serpent. And he said, every time the people get bitten to look to that bronze serpent and they'll be healed. And that's what they did and they were healed. And this was the provision of God, the mercy of God in that moment. But I want to go to, and faith, I do have the scripture for you. 2 Kings 18. Um, from verse 3. Okay. So this is King Hezekiah. So after years of having bad kings, King Hezekiah was a king that loved the Lord. And he, it says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made for. Up to that time, the Israelites had been burning incense to it. It was called Neshutan, whatever, Neshuzah. So this is hundreds of years later. 
So for a moment in a time, the Lord said, this is how you're going to get your protection. This is how you're going to get your healing from a specific thing. And often for us, what the Lord speaks to us in a season, in a moment, in a need, in a specific time, in a specific place. And when the Lord does something in that place, we wreck something in our hearts. Oh, Lord, I figured out how you work, Lord. I figured out the method because we want comfort, we want the known. So I figured out a formula to find blessing from you, to find healing from you, to find freedom from you. So all I have to do is if I do A, B, C, it's going to work because that's the way you work. But that's not the way the Lord works. So the Lord gave him provision for one thing. Hundreds of years later, they saw my burning incense. They're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to look to it. They're burning incense. They named the thing. I wonder how much things we are burning incense to and have named that the Lord did in us years ago, but we have erected something that has long since lost its power, its purpose, and it is something that needs to be shattered into pieces. And naturally by the flesh, we are going to be those that is trying to find the known, trying to find comfort. And if you search your heart, so, Lord, what is the things that you've showed me through the years, through my walk? And I've, I've tried to find a technique. I've tried to find a way. I've tried to find something that I can use, hold on to, outside of you, to do this walk. Because what happened there is the Lord gave them something in a moment. And that thing replaced God. And that happens often. The Lord does something and it can replace God. Oh, Lord, give me this promotion, Lord. I need this provision for my family. I need whatever. And you get that promotion. And it's like, oh, thank you, Lord. But then that thing becomes the thing. That thing takes your time. That thing becomes number one. What's the next thing I can get from it? And the very thing the Lord gave you in a moment changed your destiny. And I'm going to land with this thing. So, the two things I felt in keeping your hearts, Lord, am I repeating? I don't want to repeat this year. I don't want to repeat this year. Lord, I want to be stretched. I want to be tested. I want to step out into the more. I want to step out in faith. For every single one of us, I believe, Lord is calling us to more. There's this new thing He's doing in us. I don't want to repeat the year. The second thing, so when you come before the Lord, Lord, what is my bronze serpents? What is the things I've erected, I've made ceremony around, I've put faith in, I've put trust in, that you've, give, you've done, but it became what it should never have become. And on line with this, that our hearts must always be, your, Lord, your way, not my way. Lord, you the king. And that the scripture about a new thing is, Lord, in every dead wasteland, in every dead place, you declare that you are working, that you are trying to bring the flow of life. You are trying to bring the flow of your spirit. You are trying, you are want streams to flow. So, Lord, in every place where there is no flow of your spirit, of the life of God, that as you are working in it, Lord, show me. Show me, Lord. 
so that I may perceive it, I may know it, and that I may walk in it, so that we can have hearts of surrender. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to walk in this place when you're prosperous, when things are going well. So you might be sitting here, but things are, things are going well with me. This country is not in a great place, but I'm doing all right. My job, my this, my business, my family, we're doing okay. Can I say that's a dangerous place to be? You know, when uh, Joshua went into the, when he took the people into the promised land, and after the land was divided, and at this very moment, one of the things that shocks me is, at this very moment, surely, he's speaking to the troops, to the people, to the tribes of Israel, he surely, Joshua should be like, Rara, yo, what has the Lord done forever? We will be serving him, we will be, you'll be our king, you will be our God, we will walk in his ways. Surely he should be declaring that the whole tribe should be knocking the, all the tribes should be knocking their things together and making a noise, a joyful noise to the Lord. But Joshua says something interesting. He says, I don't know about you. I don't know about the rest of you, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And can I say for each and every one of us here, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. You need to declare where you're going to walk with the Lord. I can say it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. But every single one of us needs to come to a place of love. As for me, I will serve the Lord. No one can do it for you. And every father in the house, every husband in the house can declare that for his family. But it's a personal thing. We can't say for, as for Josh Jen. We can say it's for Josh Jen as for those that give themselves to it. But for everyone sitting here, it's going to be a call you have to make. You know, prosperity is a very dangerous thing. C.S. Lewis said this thing, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. He says prosperity or success will help a man settle into the world. And when you think you're finding your place in the world, the world is actually finding its place in you. So as you're grappling, our fight often is, Lord, I want to find my place in the world. I want to find success. I want to find... And as you start finding this thing, the more you find it, it's actually finding a place in you. Tanya's... I shared a story recently at Com or something. Tanya's uncle, you want to share a story with me? So he used to go out uh, at... When the moon was out at the BJNPE, at the rocks, he used to walk out and catch... Um, Go and get Periclow and Seacat. So one day it was dark and he says he's walking in the water and he can hear this thing. As he's walking, he can hear footsteps. In the dark, I'm like, that's a bit scary. And then he stops and, stop, and then he walks and he can hear footsteps. So anyway, he walks and he walks and he turns around and he sees, he can like hear like movement under the rock. So he puts his hand under the rock, right? And the sea cat, massive sea cat, uh, octopus, whatever we call it, wraps itself completely around his hand. And he says, that sea cat thought that he had me. But as I rucked him out, I had him. And that's a picture of we are thinking we get a handle, we're getting a handle on things. We think we're getting control of things. We are balancing. We are doing all these things. But can I say, if you're trying to balance the world and the kingdom. 
the world is busy building itself in you. You can't balance this thing. This walk is all or nothing. It's complete surrender or no surrender. It's you're the king or you're not. Jesus, you, it's for you or it's for me. So I felt that for us um, as a people, that one of the truths of God is he's always on the move. He's always working in us. And if, if you're not in that place right now, it's come before the Lord. Come before the Lord. Okay. Um, I wonder if, if everyone could stand for me. I just want to pray. Lucas, can I? Yes, Lord, I lift up every single person standing here, Lord. Lord, I pray for those standing there that do not know you, Lord. That have never given their heart to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord, this afternoon, Lord, that you've come by your Spirit and you've spoken and, and you have drawn, Lord, and you have convicted, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now there will be nothing that stops, that hinders them from choosing you this morning, Lord, from making you king this morning, from bending the knee this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that it will be bold, Lord, after the service, that it will come to the front, Lord, and come and speak to me, or one of the leaders, Lord. Lord, I pray that they will hear what you're saying, Lord, and they will step out in faith, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, every believer here this morning, Lord, whether, say we, whether we say for a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 80 years. Lord, I pray, we'll, I pray our heart will be, Lord, what are you doing in me right now? Lord? What wasteland are you, bringing water to, are you watering, Lord? Are you bringing streams of life to, Lord? Lord, what dry place do you want to saturate this morning, Lord? Lord, I pray your spirit will come and reveal, Lord, and shine lights, Lord, on things that we will say, come, Lord, and have your way. That we will walk in obedience, Lord, and faith, Lord, and do what you call us to do, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us here, Lord, that we will declare, Lord, that this will not be a, a year we repeat, Lord. That you are doing a new thing, Lord. In 2023, you are doing a new thing in each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you help us to perceive it, to see it, Lord. That our posture will be surrender, Lord. Oh, King, come. And do what you want to do, Lord. Lord, I pray that every fight, every weapon in our hands that is there to preserve our lives, Lord, that we will lay it down. We will bend our knees this morning, Lord. And we'll say, Lord, you come and reign. You come and rule, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us in this building that has heard your word, that the spirit of truth will bring revelation. And I ask this in your mighty, mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen.